and welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and seasoned fans alike. My name is Shannon, and I'm back. I'm back. I'm very sorry for the delay, y'all. I'm doing my best. Um, But if you're binging this in the future, you have no idea that we've been missing for two weeks. So, like, good for you. Um, But let's see. What are some things, some stuff to catch up on, like, since we've been gone? Um, I saw Got7 in Los Angeles recently, and it was amazing. Uh, They put on such a good show, and they're so funny and cute. And the, like, Agase were, like, out in full force. And there was a beautiful green ocean from all the light sticks, and it was magical. Had a really good time. Um, and then in other amazing concert news, Angelica and I got incredible tickets for KCON. We're going to see Seventeen and Pentagon up close. We got seats, though, because we're old and we cannot stand for four hours. Like, that's just not going to happen. So, but we'll be really close and it'll be great. So, officially, Angelica will be back by KCON. I think her first episode back will be, like, our KCON Spectacular. So, look forward to that. But in the meantime, I have a lot of great stuff lined up. I hope you guys will enjoy it. It'll be a little different than usual. But it will be episodes. And you wanted episodes. So, I'm going to bring them to you. So... Let's get started. Um, today, I have a very special guest. <laughs> I am joined by this guest in holy matrimony. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is, uh, it's my lovely husband, Wade. Wade, say hello. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me, Shannon. You're welcome. Thanks for uh, coming on. And uh, it wasn't out of pity, right? It's out of love. Oh, absolutely. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just happy that, uh, you know, we all miss Angelica. Hope you're doing well. Can't wait to have her back. But uh, I'm, I'm glad to... Be one of the stand-ins until she does get back, and uh, hopefully this this won't alienate your listeners. <laughs> no, I think it'll be fine. So today, I was trying to figure out, like, what can I have Wade on to talk about? Because, like I've mentioned on the show before, you patiently tolerate my K-pop, and you like some of it, but a lot of it is really not for you. But you are a musician, correct? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair to say. Um, so I thought we should do K-pop groups that play instruments. Not necessarily – I feel like you can't necessarily say that they're all, like, rock bands because I think that's Mm -hmm. a different thing. These are specifically people that operate inside of the K-pop world that we talk about on this show all the time, do the music shows, have the fan colors, like, do the K-pop thing, but they're playing instruments. Like, I I do have a a potential guest lined up in the future who will tell me about the actual Korean rock scene, so stay tuned for that. But today, we're talking about bands that operate in the K-pop space. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Um, So you did a lot of patient research. We watched a lot of stuff. So hopefully we'll have some good things to share with you all today. Um, so as usual in these gr- in these episodes where we do something specific, I'm going to go in chronological order because that's fair. We're going to do all the boys first, and then I'm saving the girl bands for the end because, you know, I think the girls deserve the credit more all the time. So yes, that was kind of my thought, too. But, uh, we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> we'll when we get, get to there. it. Um, OK, so the first group we're going to talk about came up in our second generation episode and they honestly are not that popular, have never been popular, but I felt like they need to be discussed because they've been around forever. Like they haven't gone away <laughs> and they're from a major label. So this is tracks. We brought up tracks in the second generation episode because they like were screamo metal and they had like massive, insane cartoon hair. 
Yes, the the drummer especially. It's just all over the place. He he looks like a cartoon sun where it just expands uh-huh, in, and like, in like curls cartoonish off in the... pieces. Like... Yeah. So tracks is from SM Entertainment, which to recap, if you don't remember, SM is like Girls Generation, Super Junior, Shiny, EXO, Red Velvet, all of that stuff. So like slick pop be pop groups. Mm-hmm. But in two thousand four, they put out this like. Like what do you what will you describe the like the earliest track stuff? Is it screamo metal? I, like what is the term? It has a lot, and I find this uh, with a lot of the bands. There's a lot of different influences that are timely, but uh, but they're kind of mashing them together. Like tracks, for example, there's one song where you have rap and kind of more of the screamo stuff, sort of alternating throughout the song, mm-hmm. and it's like the heavy, you know, like chugging drop D sort of riff, just like really heavy. Which was really popular in the U.S. at the time on the rock charts, like that darker, you know, new metal. It's just about, like, rocking really hard, Uh and it's not necessarily emulating, like, an older 80s rock style or a pop rock style. Like, it's just – I just use the word chugging because that's their – you you got a lot of that with tracks. But then they'll break out into, like, a a chorus that's, like, really melodic, minor, sounds kind of like a trot ballad or something. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, really hard to pin down the style as one thing, but I get this being sort of an early – Probably SM effort into. I mean, yeah, SM the full live band performing their instruments. Yeah, if we're right? like thinking of this like historically, like if this is two thousand four, so SM lost HOT like a couple of years before this, and that was like their biggest success up until the time, and they were just like a standard poppy boy band. Mm-hmm. Um, but they like they didn't last very long. They like broke. They broke up pretty quickly. Um, so as far as I know, this was like their first and only ever attempt at this sort of thing. But like Lee Suman, the guy who runs SM, has always kind of been like a bit whack job is the wrong word because he's like <laughs> – Experimental. He, yes. He ex- takes swings yes, creatively. That's, that's what I mean because I mean like, you know, EXO is a swing and like NCT mm-hmm. is certainly a swing. Like he does weird stuff. So I think this – I guess he just wanted to try to have a band because – it must have been – there must have been some kind of market for it at least a little bit. Yeah. But like NCT and EXO, like to, to me, those seem more mainstream, like much more palatable. Oh, yes. It's just that the concept behind the project is like wacky and out all, all over the place. Like mm-hmm. there's 18 of them, but they're in four groups. But like they're not always <laughs> in the same four groups. And like, you know, it's hard to like wrap your mind around it. Okay. But yeah. So tracks – they have been around since 2004. They are still a group. I think we mentioned it on a previous episode. They have, like, since in the last couple of years added a second X to the name. So it's Trex. <laughs> and they do EDM now. I played you, like, their most recent music video. Yeah. and it was Notorious, is that the song? Yeah, with the girl on mm-hmm. it. And it's Chainsmokers. Chain like, oh, yeah, super, super poppy, like, pop... Uh... Pop something. Yeah, just, just modern top four. But yeah, I don't know. Sound. I just like wanted to mention tracks just to get us started because it feels really interesting that they like have continued – like d- despite like never really having any – like they've never had a number one. They like – they've never been like successful 
but they just keep chugging along and they like started with that crazy screamo. Mm -hmm. And then we watched a video of theirs from like 2011 where they like had haircut. They had slick haircuts. Yes. They were really cleaned (laughs) up. Like we were, we were doing like trench coats and maybe even like dreadlocks for one of them. Just really like, Mm -hmm. like when you think like a band like corn or something, like guitars are hanging really low. And one thing I will give them a lot of credit for with their uh, live performances is the energy. Yeah. Because a lot of these guys like, I don't know if it's a creative style decision to kind of be still and look not disinterested, but you know, just but to, kind of like, bored. <laughs> like that's that's the idea, though, is that yeah. we're all going to like kind of stay in our place and do our thing well, which uh-huh. is fine. But like, this is the one band where you know naturally you're going to have a lot of that jumping up and down and angry energy. Mm-hmm. So good, good on them for that. That's like a. Yeah. One of the bands that we went over where I saw a lot of stage presence. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, by 2011, they'd gone like clean cut and kind of ballady. They like, they still managed to like shred a little in the like bridge or whatever, but like the sound had changed significantly. Yeah. It almost felt like a country ballad just with harder Mm. rock guitars, like, or just standard ballad. Like, I, I feel like a lot of the groups earlier on kind of try to check off all the boxes. Like, okay, we need something like heavy or dancey. We got to have a ballad. And, Naturally, you know, any any of these groups is going to have a ballad and Mm -hmm. it uh, it seemed like a huge jump coming from the more metal Mm -hmm. stuff. Not that that isn't unheard of for heavier bands to soften later in their careers, but the change was was drastic. It was like a different band almost. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and I don't I, – I personally don't know because, like, again, since they're not incredibly successful, I didn't, like, follow the perfect trajectory of tracks. So I don't know if that was, like, a slow coming transition into, like – not being scary anime rockers anymore, or if it like like it's if like it a happened left, left all turn all of a sudden like okay we got to retool like this the metal thing isn't working because there are like very big gaps in their discography like because again they aren't extremely successful so it's not like SM was throwing money at them to just keep putting albums out if people weren't buying them but like mm-hmm. I don't know they must have a great contract or do they must do something that they have not been like cut from the company yet so I don't know just wanted to bring up tracks as like a historical piece of k-pop rock so yeah that's tracks so next up is a very like big band that like i feel like arguably of all the ones we're going to talk about today like they're probably the most successful um and that is ft island and ft island debuted in 2007 And they are from FNC Entertainment. And you're going to hear that name a lot in this episode. Most, like the vast majority of these groups that we're going to talk about are from FNC Entertainment. Um, So FT Island has put out 16 studio albums, 54 music videos. They've had six albums go to number one. They are massive in Japan. They've won 13 major music awards and 25 music shows. So like... They're not fucking around is, like, the point, I guess. Like, they are very, 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 very popular. I have a question for you. You are saying uh, a lot of these groups are debuting in Japan. Is that common for most types of K-pop or is it more common with the live bands or with rock or certain genres of K-pop? I think that's, like, very – it's really dependent and, like, we should do, like, a Japan episode someday. Um, it's definitely something that has only happened second generation on, as we talked about in our second generation episode. Like, the one of the markers of the second generation is BOA started to make it big in Japan. And so that became, like, an available market. Um, lots of K-pop groups are very successful in Japan, but, like, it does kind of – I feel like you can tell – 
which ones are the most successful. Like FT Island is very successful and like we'll talk about their like very showy and dramatic. And one of the biggest like K-pop groups that's huge in Japan is TVXQ and they are also very showy and dramatic. And like I don't know if that has something to do with it or not. Like I don't really know understand the Japan market very well, but like it is it is a part of it. And it's definitely like in this episode a lot of these bands do have pretty decent success in Japan and I don't know I don't know what that's about though because okay. I don't I don't know anything about Japan it's the same here where there are bands that do really well in Japan and then yeah. you've never heard of them here so yeah there just must be something to that market that uh that isn't as obvious yeah um so FT Island they have five members one former member um but I do feel like in the case of FT Island it's very strange they're um their lead singer, his name is Lee Honki, and he – I don't know. Like I – when we were watching the videos, I kept trying to come up with like a better description than Meatloaf because like he's not <laughs> lame like Meatloaf. Right. But like he sings. But Meat- Meatloaf in his heyday where he was – you know, there was like a, a theatrical element to it. You know, like the beating of the chest and the – you know. Yeah. And I, I know some of the videos we watched of their live performances, this guy gets a spotlight where he's – He's yeah. really like, you know, leaning into that dramatic uh-huh. aspect of it. So yeah, he's like he's a really powerful singer, but I feel like in this particular case it really seems like he is the only famous member of FT Island. <laughs> like, I'm sure that, like, the others, like, do get occasional attention. But, like, in some of the live performances we watched, the rest of the band is in the dark. Like, oh, yeah. he's the only one who the camera focuses on. He's, like, it's very, it's interesting in that mm-hmm. way that, like, he is, seems to be, like, the star. Um, I feel like Steven like he's better than Steven Tyler, but like in that Aerosmithy kind of way of sure, like for the setup of the, like the five piece with the front man who's got all the charisma and that's like that's uh-huh. what you picture when you picture this band. It's not it's not an ensemble so much as his project. I actually just listening to that clip, I come back. I kept making the comparison that it reminded me of Muse. Okay, and that just might be the. Uh, I mean, one really dramatic singing, but a lot of their music has really classical kind of like. Minor riffs. I, I always call it like trot like yeah. just because uh, I, I – something I love about K-pop in general is that it's a little busier than uh, U.S. top 40s pop. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of chord changes, you get you get more diverse, uh, you know, just like musical sequences instead of a two-chord, three-chord situation. So it's really interesting. But a lot of them do sound like trot ballads. No, or- and I think that's like a really important like point to bring up that's like interesting whereas like with the – Previous band, when we talked about tracks, you were able to say, like, oh, this sounds like Disturbed or Papa Roach or whatever you sure, mentioned. Sure, like, yeah. there was a Western influence in mm. their sound, whereas I feel like FT Island's sound is, like, uniquely Korean or, like, broader, like, Asian in that way. Because, like, trot music is argued J- – Japan and Korea argue over who invented trot music. Oh, like, really? Mm-hmm. Neither, neither of them want to take credit for it? No, they all want to take <laughs> credit for it. But like, you know what I mean? In yeah. that like, we did it first. But I do feel like there is 
like their the the melodies in FT Island songs and like it does feel like very trotty. It doesn't feel like it's influenced by any kind of Western rock. Like there's mm-hmm. something like uniquely Korean about it. Yeah. And I know you you had mentioned before that uh, I don't know if you covered this on a history episode or not. Go ahead. It's probably something we've talked about that they didn't have the uh, the formative rock music yes. that we had in like the 60s and 70s. Yes, we can talk about that more. I briefly touched on it in our Generation 1 episode, but like I do think that's important to talk about in this episode that guitar music was banned throughout the late 60s and most of the 70s like because it was evil western influence and like mm-hmm. it was unbefitting of like the you know the leader of the country did not feel that it was good for the like youth or whatever. Sure. So there was just like they didn't get any Queen and they like missed most of the Beatles and they like, you know, got no Bowie. And like I just think that's like you have to you have to bring it up and sort of like look for it in like the music that comes after of like, you know. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that's that's accurate. I just always think like, oh, like everybody else got the Beatles and like you can hear it in a lot of popular mm-hmm. like rock music that, you know, that that sort of paved the way for a lot of the stuff that came afterwards. But I always think it's really curious with uh, Korean music that they don't have that. And that's why I guess I perhaps incorrectly say it reminds me of trap music because mm-hmm. I know that was a much older style of Korean music. And naturally that would be influencing what comes after it. No, I think th- I think that's totally fair though because like yeah, trot has existed like for all of the 19 19- like from for all of the 20th century and like it still gets put out to this day. Mm-hmm. So like it's a genre that isn't going away and it like has to have influence on the music at some point. And I do feel like in the case of FT Island, like even specifically in the way that Honky sings, it's like trot it's trotty. Yeah. Um, but let's see what else, what else about FT Island? Did you have any other like thoughts? Like I, I've seen them live. They are very, very good. Uh, they came to Hollywood Bowl a couple of years ago and like, they really do like, you know, rock out and like, he really, really can sing. But like, I don't know, personally, it's like not for me. It's like a little over, it's a little too over the top for my taste. But like, I don't know if I was a sad 15 year old, it might like hit me right where I need it to. But like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's a valiant effort. There's a lot to appreciate in what they are doing. But uh, one thing I wanted to bring up is the track. Okay. Because you, you see in all these live performances, they're wearing earpieces. And I'm not knocking the idea. It's super common for pop rock bands to have a track or be playing to a track because there's, you know, there's going to be other instruments or sequencing. Like this, uh, that little clip we just listened to had like a harpsichord violin, like, you know, like really classical kind of thing mm-hmm. going on. Obviously, they're all listening in the earpiece so they can play along with that part of the song. But I think uh, there was one where... The, you said the leader guy, the piano player. Okay, yes. I hadn't talked about that yet. But um, the leader of FT Island, whose name is Che Jong-hoon, he like is the leader and the piano player and the lead guitarist and whatever. And he has written a, like, a significant chunk of their music since 2013 or so. Um, like we talked about in our Generations episode, these earlier – the earlier groups had to earn their chance to start self-producing, um, and it seems like FT Island's time came around 2013, which is like six years after they debuted. Um, and Honky writes a lot of the lyrics, but the leader writes a lot of the music. So back to your point. 
Oh, just uh, <laughs> just that with with this band especially, it's uh, like they're really going for it for the super over the top dramatic sound. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the like tracks on the live shows have like a string section and like extra pianos and. They're just like really going for the most kind of epic sound you can, which mm-hmm. which is like admirable and again takes me to that like, you know, Muse or even later Aerosmith where it's like, oh, every song is like the best, most grand ballad uh-huh. that we can do. And uh, I'm fine with it. Personally, <laughs> I'm like, well, you got five people in the band. Like I'm, I'm sure you could slap something together without trying to emulate something that's so much bigger than than what you are. But, yeah. Uh, There's just like it's interesting. That's clearly there. Their angle is like big, dramatic. Yeah, it's like very, very, very dramatic. Their like big hit from last year was like incredibly dramatic. Um, but I remember it being kind of funny because uh, the version on the on the CD is in a different key than they performed it. Huh. Because Higher like or lower, little lower, lower. Because like I told you, Honky is like famous for smoking like a train, and like oh, I don't yeah. know <laughs> if he can like always pull off his like vocals that he tries to. But sure. uh, also super common if your studio yeah. version is like the highest note that you could hit on that day, but then the next year you're just I can't do this like every night for live shows. Yeah. Like, can we take it down a step? Or? Yeah. No, it's totally it's totally mm-hmm. fair. Um, but yeah, FT Island, they're massively successful. They're still together. Um, their sweet drummer just had a baby recently. Aww. So like they're like now they're officially a dad band because <laughs> they have a dad in them. Uh, but yeah, FT Island. So next up on our list is CN Blue. Uh, I feel like we've definitely talked about CN Blue, at least in passing on this podcast before. Um, They debuted in 2009, and they are also from FNC Entertainment, like FT Island. Um, And the interesting thing about CN Blue's debut is that they debuted in Japan first in 2009, did like a Japanese album first. Um, They actually had a bassist. Kwan Kwangjin, and he was their bassist for this Japan debut, and then he left before they debuted in Korea, and we'll get back to him later because he's going to show up in another band that we're going to talk about. Okay. Uh, but they debuted in Korea in 2010 with their four-member lineup that they still have to this day. Um, let's see. What else about CM Blue? Um, they – 10 studio albums, which interestingly – Eight of them are Japanese albums and two of them are Korean albums, but they have won 35 Korean music shows. Um, So their Korean comebacks are extremely successful, but they're somehow still like bigger in Japan and focus more on Japan, um, which is interesting. Now you've you've, – have you mentioned show awards on this show before? Yes. Okay. Can I get a quick recap of sure. what that means? It's not like a Grammy no. or something, right? Um, so basically, we you can go back to our – if you're just listening to this brand new episode, if you're like, wait, and you're, this is your coming in point, go back to our episode. It's called Show Me the Music. It's earlier on. Um, and we talked about the concept of music shows. So on all of the like major music networks, there are these shows like Inky Gaio and Show Music Core and whatever, and they come on every week. And that's where people – currently promoting k-pop artists go and they do performances of their show and then all of these different shows have a different voting criteria and every week someone wins the music show okay 
So having music show wins is like a bit of a big deal. So because it's like TRL. It's, yeah, thing, sure. But they play the shows live? In the contests? It's it's a mix. It's a mix of live performances and pre-recorded performances, but it does like air. It technically airs live every week. Okay. So you are seeing the bands perform one way or the other in these episodes. Okay. Yes. So they've won 35 music show wins, which means that they had singles out in Korea that were popular enough to win one of these music shows 35 times, despite having way more Japan albums than they do. That was the point I was trying to make, is that, like, they have a bigger Japanese discography, but their smaller Korean discography has gotten them, like, you know, tons of acclaim and popularity. Hmm. So I just thought that was interesting. Um, So what's their – so CN Blue's debut stage, I feel like, starts a pattern that we see – with the rest of the groups we're going to talk about, which is when mm-hmm. they debut, they dress them like the Beatles. Yeah, or some kind of real uh, obvious uniformed, you know, like – Suits. Yeah, Just they, like they put match. them in black they're, suits they're on like – cut and like mm-hmm. here you go. Like, and they all have like – they seem to have like those little baby drums, like those old-timey like just very small kit of like yeah, well, little it, drums. It's just like the, the four-piece setup with the two toms, kick and snare – it's like a really common rock uh, drum setup, unless you're going to go with the double kick rig with, you know, 80 drums surrounding you. Which we did see a video of, of CN Blue on like their tour. We watched a video that was just focused on the drummer because Wade is a oh, drummer. Yeah. No, that was, that was actually really, what, do you know the song? It was I'm that Sorry, was? which is one of okay. their like biggest Korean hits ever. Yeah, it was like really cool, dancey, and like the drummer was definitely killing it. Like I, you know, I'm not here to question the abilities of any of the musicians, but uh, he was definitely a standout in this. Yeah, I put that video on your research playlist because of all the many, many instruments that Dear Wade plays, drums was your first, so I thought that you might be able to connect to it that way if you could just watch someone play drums for a while. Um, But CM Blue's music, like I feel like their musicality is kind of like all over the place. Yeah, it's really really pop-rocky. It reminded me of like older... uh, like older Maroon 5. Or okay. I haven't listened to a ton of Walk the Moon, but I get that vibe of uh, – mm-hmm. or like the killers. Like we're going to kind of keep it dancey, but you're going to hear synths in it. That nice little combination of something that feels very poppy, like it could just be, you know, a pop group, but, mm-hmm. but then there's rock guitars and a driving drum beat, so it's like, like a good a good mix of those two. I think it's really appealing. Not what I would listen to, sure, but uh, you know, they're they're doing something well. Yeah. No, I I personally, well, well, the thing I was going to bring up before I get into my feelings about CM Blue is that they have been writing their own music basically for their entire existence. If you like, look at their huge, you know, list of discography or whatever. You know, the lead singer Yonghwa or the second uh, guitarist Chongyun, like they have written ninety five percent of their music. Um, so like that's interesting in that like they've always sort of had a say in what their sound is. Mm-hmm. Um, but that sort of led to it being kind of a like I don't know, they just like have done a lot of different things. I personally really liked their album from twenty seventeen. I think it was called Seven Degrees Celsius. Um really liked it. It was it was like more modern. It had like a bit of like EDM-iness to it, but like it was just all really interesting and it was like one of my favorite albums of 2017. Um 
But like, I feel like what I associate CN Blue with is like complicated scandals that I can't understand because they've like had like tax evasion problems and like (laughs) cheating on this and like lying about this university application. Like all of their scandals have been like bureaucratic, like things that I don't that I like can't wrap my mind around. Mm. Um, and I also like associate them with dramas that I like because different from FT Island where we were saying that like, it seems like only honky gets to be popular. All four members of CM blue have very successful careers, like as individuals, like they're all actors. They all star in dramas and like, yeah, all four of them on their own are famous, which is like, you know, kind of interesting. Oh, nice. And, and good for them for casting a wide net and being so talented. Yeah. So um, CM Blue, like, I really like them. And I know that they are very popular. And oh, one more thing I had written down, which I think is fun. What CN Blue stands for is codename, burning, lovely, untouchable, emotional. Hmm. Right? Are, are those letters for each of the members or? C N B L U E. No, like it doesn't stand for their names or anything. It stands for okay. code name, burning, lovely, untouchable, emotional. Okay. And doesn't, I. Doesn't roll off the tongue for a code name. I know. And I also, I know that some of you guys are this, and I'm not making fun of you. I think that it's cute, but their fandom name is Boyce, Explain. which is blue plus voice. But I just think, like we said on our episode, the first time we brought this up, I feel like Boyce sounds like the name of your weird cousin in Kentucky. Like, I have a cousin named Boyce. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like a really weird name. But yeah, anyway, that's the Blue. They're like all cute and fun. One of them went to the military recently, so that'll probably just keep going for a bit and we'll see what happens to them from there. I just want to say, too, I, I actually uh, had heard this band before mm-hmm. when I was doing uh, K-pop Pandora and, like, mm-hmm. kind of trying to find what do I like in in K-pop. And they definitely popped up, and I definitely think they're one of the more more palatable. Yeah, like, that's the word I was going to use is, like, like, it's not – there's nothing alienating about CN Blue, like, at all. Mm-hmm. Like, if you like your pop music with a little bit of drum and guitar, like, then this is for you. I think you will find something that you like. Yeah, and it, you, when you mentioned that they – we're doing most of the songwriting themselves. Like you can kind of hear that as I mentioned with some of the earlier groups, it seems like they're emulating an older style or maybe the people writing for them are, are leaning into older styles of music mm-hmm. with the, you know, really ballads and like a lot of, Trot, lot of chord changes, but these guys seem to be, yeah, it, it kind of shows that they're doing their own thing because it's like, it's pulling it more towards a, a modern, modern pop rock direction. So but yeah, it's good. All right. Next up on our list is N Flying. Um, They debuted in 2013. Also FNC Entertainment. That's third group in a row from FNC Entertainment. They kind of uh, tend to focus on band bands. Uh, That's one of their things. Um, So in the same style of CN Blue, who debuted four years earlier, FNC does the exact same thing with this group, debuted them in Japan in 2013, waited a year, no, two years. Then they debuted in Korea in 2015. And this bassist from CN Blue that I was talking about before, the uh, Kwon Kwang Jin, who debuted with CN Blue for their Japan debut and left, he is the bassist of N-Flying. So he's Ah. back, but he's with a new group now. Um, so yeah, they debuted in Korea in 2015. Um, what was that single called? Um, 
awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And this, like, I find this stuff, that debut stage especially, like, very, very interesting because it, like, starts out with, like, straight-up rap. Like, yeah. There's, like, and then there's like a like, piano track. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah, it's, like, really dark. In that Linkin Park kind thing. of way, but not quite. Like, almost – there's a broad range of the kind of definitely, definitely pop they're going for. I feel like with in the case of this group, like as we're like where where we're getting in the episode, like the groups we're about to talk about have like a single album out, if anything. So it's like you know you can't talk about them in the same broad sense that we were talking about FT Island, who's had like mm-hmm. a decade long career or whatever. Like um, you know they haven't been around that long, but they have done like a lot of different styles. Like that original stuff seemed to be like standard K-pop, where you have your rapping and you have your whatever. But like they were, some of them were playing instruments and didn't quite feel like a band. But then I'm gonna play a cr- clip right now. So in 2018, um, we've brought up this show before like a ton of times. But there's a competition reality show called Produce 101 where they take 101 contestants and they make like a big old band out of them. Um, there was a contestant from Produce 101 season two. His name is Yu He Sung, and he I'm guessing he didn't win because if he had one, he would be in 101 right now. So he clearly just like got far enough that FNC was like, well, we need to capitalize on this guy having some kind of popularity. Mm-hmm. So they added him to end flying. So now they have two singers who just sing, uh, yeah, which is kind of interesting, but they came out with a song uh, earlier this year in January called hot potato. I'm going to play a little bit of it right now. Uh-uh. So that one's like fun. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it does definitely feel way more pop-y. Like mm-hmm. in the others, you could you could get a sense that like this is a band. These are them playing their instruments, yada, yada. This sounds like a pop song that was written and then someone's like, but let's have a live band play it. So mm-hmm. we'll throw that electric guitar on it and some live drums. And that's like the most that you're really making out of it. I could just as easily see this done with like, you know, just completely electronic mm-hmm. instrumentation. Oh, Totally. Totally. Yeah, that's so that's very interesting. And then they put out another single this year. We just watched the music video for that. And am I wrong in thinking that that one I Chainsmokers is the only <laughs> reference I have because I also feel like it's the only music being made in the West right now is like Chainsmokers music. Yeah, it's like that or Trap or some combination of it. And that second single they put out this year felt more like that and less like this band the clip that i just played you but do you want to listen to a clip of that one yeah hold on because maybe i'm remember maybe i'm remembering it wrong maybe it was just like the styling of the music (laughs) video but let's find out Okay, so maybe it wasn't quite chains. Maybe Chainsmokers was the wrong thing that I was going for. But like that also, like you said, like 
if any other group, if GOT7 or BTS or whoever, like, put that song out, like, I wouldn't even think about it being, like, yeah, they are playing electric guitars in the music video, but it doesn't, like, you know what I mean? Like, it sounds much more like a big produced pop song than, like, a... Yeah, and that's Band not uncommon song. at all with big produced pop songs. Well, let's throw an electric guitar over it. Like, now it's a rock song. And, like, it is and it isn't. Like, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, they're very new. So I don't have a like ton to say, but they've like put out a couple of singles. And I know that like people like them. So, like, I don't know. That's it. That's in flying. That's what I got. Moving along, our next group is Day Six. And this is a group that I, like, just became aware of, like, very recently. But as soon as I became aware of them, I, like, realized how, like, terribly popular they are. (laughs) Um, So Day6 was formed in 2015 or debuted in 2015. And cutting up the the pattern from the episode, they're not from FNC Entertainment, but they're from JYP. Mm. And JYP... um, for a refresher course, that's got seven, 2 p.m., Wonder Girls. That's JYP. JYP. Um, and yeah, day six. It's a five member. Six, I thought. Uh, it's five now. <laughs> Somebody oh, no. left. Oh. There were six. There are five now. Is that where they got the name? Probably. Um, apparently, their original name was Five Live. And then they added a sixth member and they became day six and then they lost the sixth member and they're still day six. Okay. Um, it costs too much to change your name. <laughs> it does. Like, no, you once you've like established that brand, like yeah. there's no going back. Um, so let's see. Yeah. Debuted in 2015. Um, I really like day six. Like I'm, I'm going to play this clip of the of their debut song. Congratulations. And then I'm going to talk about why I like it. Hold on. Yeah, so I dig that for like a ton of reasons. What the like one that comes most to mind is that it feels really, really familiar. When I was in like my early years of high school, I had like the tiniest bit of an emo phase. Like, not really though, because I like could never go like full scene girl. I was a bit of a poser, but I did, I wanted to feel slightly cool and I had too many feelings. So I was really, really into like really, really into something corporate. And if you guys don't know who something corporate is, it was like a pop punk, like piano focused Mm -hmm. band. Um, And I was so into them. I was also really into like all American rejects and dashboard confessional and that like more Moody. More, it was like moody, like kind of emo music, but it also felt very musical. Like, Mm -hmm. I was never into like non, you know, like atonal, like screamo. Like, I could never get by that. Like, I needed, I need a bit of pop in all of my stuff. Mm -hmm. And this, like, this Day Six, like, reminds me of those kinds of bands. Um, Because, like, the piano is heavily featured in that track. And like, yeah, and it's being played live, and all the singers are kind of getting a turn. They all have good voices, so it's like a really good showcase of like, hey, we have a bunch of boys here, but they're all really talented. And the songs are kind of coherent in a pop way. They're not all over the place. They're not trying to go crazy with the style. Like mm-hmm. this just sounds like a good, a good rock ballad. And I know I've been like shitting on ballads and eh. how they all sound the same, but like I don't know. I I really uh, 
I thought these guys were. I liked it a lot. Yeah, like you just said, I found it like really refreshing and kind of interesting after going through some of these other groups where like, you know, the attention being paid to certain members is like varying. Um, Mm -hmm. That when we watched this day six, congratulations stage, that every single member gets to sing. Like they all get lines, like in a standard K-pop group. Everyone gets lines, but at the same time, they're playing instruments. And, like, I just found that, like, really interesting because, it like, you avoid the, like, lead, the lead singer syndrome problem mm-hmm. and, like, everyone's getting a turn so that it fe- – and, and that also helps it sound sound more like the other K-pop that you're used to. Like, the in the K – like, if I – you know, I'm listening to a shiny song, I'm going to hear five different voices. Mm-hmm. But if I'm listening, listening to FT Island – you just get the one. So like day six is like bringing those things together where it's the band, but everybody gets to sing. Yeah. So it's very interesting. And like they're getting – they're like – they're rising. They just last month put out this new song called Shoot Me and it's oh, pretty yeah, great. It's super catchy. Like that that feels like straight K-pop, but mm-hmm. not – I mean I don't mean that in a bad way. Like yeah. <laughs> No. We like we like straight K-pop here at this show, so mm. that's not a that's not a dig. Yeah, just that it's catchy, and I don't know what I'm trying to say. It sounds like because I'm way less familiar than you, but maybe like uh, like you know the chanty quality of the choruses. It has it like, a, a like BTS the, or I mean, yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what other K-pop to to uh, compare it to, but I do feel like Shoot Me feels like. Um, um, uh, imagine imagine dragons sure is yeah that... that's, that's like a good u.s comparison because <laughs> like it's rock but it's really poppy but yeah but, but like, it like it's not bad yeah because they music you know tropical house is like the shit right now it has been for like the last two years it's like what everybody is doing mm-hmm. and i feel like in shoot me they managed to like you know sound like a rock band for like the chorus with the bang bang bullet 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 but then the like the pre-chorus is like that noodly like really washy echoey guitar mm-hmm. like i don't know yeah. it's just there's like some things you can't go wrong with and i, I feel like not a less is more approach, but just keeping it simple. Like, uh-huh. This is not – there aren't 20 instruments on a track. The You know, it's not a crazy chord progression that's all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's like a nice, you know, familiar but just different enough. Yeah, like totally. The, I remember the, the chorus to this clip we listened to specifically. I was like, oh, OK. This is familiar. It's like the four chords. But then they like take it out a little bit and then they end on the jazzier chord before going like back into the verse. And mm-hmm. that's uh, – again, that's the thing that I love about uh, a lot of – k-pop is that it's it's familiar but not predictable like, mm-hmm. the music tends to just be a little more interesting than you're expecting so however you feel about the song that's like that's fun for me as a musician to mm-hmm. to listen to because no that's great um yeah so i i wish day six all of the luck and i like can't wait to see like what else they're going to do um because they are very very new but like it seems like they're on a good trajectory to like you know be the hot shit. So good for them. Another thing about them, they weren't like wacky as hell with the style or anything. They didn't yeah. look like the Beatles or have crazy hair. They just look like six dudes yeah. that like got, you know, clothes that fit put on them. Yeah. And like, you know, they're all, of course, very handsome. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't like a style over substance thing. Yes. Like they clearly sang and played instruments. And that was what was like impressive about yeah. them. No, totally. Okay. And finally, for our boy boy bands. Um, The last one we have is The Rose. Mm. And this is not Rose Motel, 
which Jen Halleck and I talked about when we went to that concert at the Hollywood Bowl. Rose Motel is like old dudes who play doo-wop music. This is oh, that's a good name, Rose Motel. Right? Um, they introduced themselves accidentally as Korea Sex Band at that. Uh, <laughs> they were trying to say that they were a sexy band, but what the they guy just said, Korea, Korea Sex band. band, and then they start doing doo-wop. Yeah, it was really funny. <laughs> Interesting. Um, <Maybe>. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, this is the Rose, not Rose Motel, was the point I was trying to get to. Um, And the Rose just debuted in 2017. They put out their first album this April. So they're very, very new. Um, But what I think is interesting about the Rose, they formed themselves uh, by busking in Hongdae. And Hongdae is a cool neighborhood in in Seoul that's like, where the cool kids hang out. Mm. Um, And every night or on weekend nights, there's like a specific chunk of street that they shut down to cars. So it like just fills with people. And we saw this with our own eyes. Like it's a college neighborhood. Yeah. That's like what the whole demo of, of the younger kids is. But, uh, yeah. yeah, they're out there hustling, like plugging in their amps, playing songs, doing karaoke. We saw yeah. some Instagram guys dressed up in like cheap Avengers masks. Uh-huh. And, like people were just like everyone wanted a selfie with them. So, yeah, it's like a good good hustling for like young artists. Yeah, space. so yeah, people just drag out drag out amps or whatever, and like there's all kinds of signs. Po- it's like such a big thing that there's signs posted all over Hongdae of like how loud your amps are allowed to be like what time you need to clean off the street. Like they like allow it, but there's like lots of rules for it. Um, so in the case of the Rose, two of the members, Dojun and Jaehyung, like met doing busking. Like they were both individually busking in Hongdae, met each other. Um, and one of them was like a trainee for a company. And so he like wasn't allowed out that much and was like sneaking out to go like play with this other guy. Um, he eventually, like, left that management company. They found another kid who had left his, like, training, and they were like, come be in our band. Mm-hmm. They called themselves Windfall when they were a three-member band, and they just, like, played on the streets, and they did, like, covers of other people's songs and put their videos on YouTube, which then they found their fourth member through a mutual friend or something. So now they were a four-member group, and the company J and Star, which I can't say I've ever heard of, mm-hmm. picked them up and put them out as the Rose. So this is like, you know, like they're kind of self-made in that way, which is like very interesting. Yeah, less traditional route than most pop acts take. Um, how are they doing? Like they, they wildly popular? They, they won, I mean, they won the most promising – Artist Award at the International K Music Awards last year. Um, they've had like some concerts. They did a European tour uh, in February. Um, they did a U.S. and a Mexico, South America. Like they've been going around. Hmm. Um, it doesn't look like their debut. Let's see. Their debut album, which came out in April, peaked at 26 on the Korean charts, which isn't terrible, especially for, like, a band band who, like, mm. is from a tiny company I've never heard of. And they're competing with so many huge So acts. many things. It's not bad. Um, let me play a clip of their debut song, Sorry, so we can see what they sound like. So I'm so sorry. 
Yeah, so this is another case where all four of them have mics and all four of them are singing. So, mm-hmm. like, there's a bit of the collabness of it. And I don't know, like, I don't know if this is just, like, a particularly stripped down. I haven't heard the album version. But, like, to me, this seems simpler than a lot of the bands that we have, like, co- been covering in the last few, however many minutes. Like Definitely. Like, it's it's a real solid, like, I'm sure there are more than four chords in it, but you hear the chorus. It's just like the the repeating of four chords that sound really nice together. And there's that good blend, uh, you know, drum, bass, guitar, piano. But it doesn't seem like there's anything else, like where we were saying a lot of these other groups, which is fine. You could do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. They have like their tracks that are filling it out with other instruments or like bigger sounds. And this to me truly just sounds like a guitar and a bass and a drum. Like yeah. I don't hear other things in I, it. I think that might be coming from, you know, them – from so their streaming on their own, yeah. like they wrote the songs as a four piece, so they don't they don't want to add like a string section or anything superfluous. Like right, they can kind of let the songs stand on their own because they can deliver them. Right, um, yeah. So they they just have their like their two little singles, their little album. So you know, we'll see what happens with the rose. But like you know, I think that's a really interest that's a really interesting start as far as like K pop group starts go. That like. You know, they kind of did it by themselves. Yeah. I'm kind of curious to hear what uh, what their next step is because, like you said, this less conventional starting and they got a good sound. Like mm-hmm. they're all very talented. And now that they're kind of on the map, uh, world's their oyster. Yeah. So that's the rose. Okay. Time to move on to what I think. <laughs> well, I think is better than all of these. No, I mean – all of these, all the boys that we just talked about are very talented and very good. But again, girls never get credit for anything. So let's talk about the like two, the only two iterations of like a mainstream girl band, which I also think is like a problem here in the West. Like we don't really have girl bands either. And like that's mm-hmm. a bummer. They're few and far between. And they, they always tend to get kind of pushed into a poppier direction. Like so you, you know. It's like you mean palatable. Yeah, pop stars and – then you can like focus on sex appeal instead of just appreciating musicianship. And, sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, first we're going to talk about the Wonder Girls. And we've brought up the Wonder Girls a ton of times on this show before. And some of you might be like, what? The Wonder Girls? Don't they just sing like Tell Me, Tell Me and like dance in their little skirts? <laughs> like, yes. Um, but so here's the thing. The Wonder Girls debuted in 2007. They are JYP Entertainment as well. Um, like we talked about, like Hyanna was in there at the beginning and like she had to leave. And then like, um, they had like a bunch of hits, like as a very, as a very popular girl band. Um, but then we will get, I have another episode planned to like get into all of this, but JYP tried very hard to make the Wonder Girls happen in America and he spent a lot of money on it and it was like a massive failure and it was a It was a big deal that people thought he would, like, never recover from. Um, So in 2015, the Wonder Girls had been on hiatus for three years. And one of their main members, Sunmi, had left to go to school. Um, So they were just, like, in weird limbo of being not – just, like, not around. Um, But in 2015, they came back with this single called I Feel You – and suddenly the members of Wonder Girls were playing instruments. Like mm-hmm. they came back as a band. Um, Not all of them or were there only four Wonder Girls? There have in all told all throughout time there have been seven Wonder Girls. Okay. They lost one almost immediately. So there were six. 
Um, and then, yeah, I guess now I don't know. When did they become four? One, two, three, four. Uh, 2015. 2015. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. There we go. So there was a long limbo and then they decided or a couple of them just scrapped it and they were down to four. So they well, basically, yeah, basically it was like Sun Me left in 2010 and was basically gone and there were five of them. And then we lost Sohi in 2014 and then Sun Ye left in 2015 and Sun Me came back in 2015. Okay. So four members. Now they're playing instruments. Um, and the music videos that they put out were like really, really sexy in that like, I know I've brought this video before with that old eighties video that Robert Palmer like addicted to love video where like where you're dressed in like a really sexy dress and then you have your like bass guitar and then you look bored as hell Mm -hmm. and you just like sort of sway back and forth and like play your guitar and like look like I'm so bored of playing guitar. Yes. But like it's hot or whatever. Um, But uh, just as an example, I'm going to play a tiny clip of – of the Wonder Girls doing one of their like original girl group pop hits, Nobody, but like in their band style on Sketchbook. Um, yeah, so what did what did you think of this, Wade? What did you think of the clips we watched of the Wonder Girls? I was really impressed. I was actually listening to their music on uh, my phone this morning, not live, but like the studio versions. Mm-hmm. And I heard that song and it sounded completely different. Yes. I guess you said this, this was before the band version, mm-hmm. the band iteration. Uh, the live stuff we watched, I was really impressed. Like you, you nail it with that. They look bored. Not a criticism. It's mm-hmm. that, that's like a really it's like an aesthetic style. choice. Yeah, like, it's cool. It's like, oh look, we're just killing it, <laughs> and we play these instruments so well, and we don't care. We're we're just a bunch of hot ladies like doing what we do. Mm-hmm. And that one bit, uh, there's like a minute prologue to uh, a song they were doing where they each kind of showcase the. Did you like, like a yes, solo? We are playing these instruments and we're good at them. Like uh-huh. it starts with a really like jazzy piano kind of thing and then they throw it over to the guitarist she does a and lot she of, shreds yeah like lots of nice blue licks and then the, they go to the bass girl and she's doing some like insane slapping funk yeah. stuff that like is not easy the to bassist do. is Sunmi, who we talked about like two episodes ago in our breakout solo artists like she is an incredible solo artist who's like at the top of her game right now and she's such a good dancer and she's so beautiful and then seeing this clip of her also like slapping the bass like as best <laughs> like it's amazing and it's like unfair like like, how dare you, like, also be good at this? Like, yeah. Or just where was that? Like, yeah. We're, we're just now getting this? It's, it's really impressive. And I don't want to leave out the drummer. That yes. just kind of goes without saying. All the, all these drummers are great because uh, – playing the drum yeah. – drum, yeah. Drumming ain't easy. No. And, like, keeping a beat and keeping it interesting, playing to a track uh-huh. on tempo. Like, they're really good musicians. So I was, I was kind of blown away. Yeah. But um, unfortunately – we only got this band version of the Wonder Girls for two years. They are officially disbanded, no longer a thing. Um, but they did do two albums as this like band thing. And their last track, which I think you might have like 
heard in the car before was called Why So Lonely. It's like a reggae track. Mm. It's like, yeah. baby, why I'm so lonely. Yes. Yes. I okay. That That's them. Um, so yeah, the Wonder Girls, I just like, it is, it is a wonder. Like, I just think that's like such a cool, like a cool, interesting thing for, you know, JYP to have tried to be like, okay, like they were a successful girl group. I like almost lost my shirt, like trying to make something else of them. So then to then try like, okay, well then I'm going to like make them learn how to play guitar Mm -hmm. and like, they're going to do that. Um, so it was really interesting. It kind of reminds me, I, I think you might have used uh, FX as an example of like one of those bands that was really good and could have been, but just for whatever reason, like the pieces weren't. The company like, just doesn't care yeah. and they don't get the same attention that other people do. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like the Wonder Girls are like super talented, but mm-hmm. I guess they only got two albums worth of this because it just it wasn't clicking, like making that transition from like pop to band and like. The momentum wasn't there wrong. Yeah. It wasn't the right place, right time, but they're all, or, you know, it also could have been, I like, I don't know the details of it, but it also could very well have been that like contracts expired and they were like, well, I got offers to be a solo artist with someone else. So Mm -hmm. I'm out of here. Yeah. Like I had fun Um, learning the guitar in the past eight years. Yeah. Thanks. But thanks. But bye. Um, cause I do think that is what I know that in Sunmi's case, her contract ran up out and she was like, I'm going. And she's a solo artist for someone else. But then one of the other girls, I want to say that it's the piano player. I'm so bad at remembering who is who in the Wonder Girls, so I apologize. But one of them has, like, come out as a solo artist under a new name, Hatzufelt. Hmm. So, like, they're doing they're doing their own things. They're fine. Don't worry about any of the current or – like, don't worry about the Wonder Girls. They're doing okay. But I just, like – I think it was really cool that they, like, did – Try a little something. And ooh, one more part, the keyboard has played keytar for a couple of the songs, which is cool as shit. <laughs> it was really cool. And it was a good keytar lick to have going. And and you don't see that a lot live. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And last but not least is a group that we've brought up on several different episodes for several different reasons. Um, and that's AOA or possibly specifically AOA Black, if you want to. If you want to go there, um, AOA debuted with FNC Entertainment. Back to FNC Entertainment, they did, you know, and flying and and FD Island, and CM Blue, and all that stuff. Um, they are also the management company of AOA. Um, and I learned this just for this episode. Like I truly did not know this, uh, but the original concept of AOA was that they were going to sometimes be a band and sometimes be a regular sexy dancing girl group. Um, all, which is weird because like at the time of their debut, one of the members was like listed as like only part of the group when the group is the band. Like she didn't get to do the other stuff. She's since left, but. Which, which member or which instrument rather was that hmm. part time? Sorry to make you do research here. No, it's okay. I guess like how many in, in the group uh, to start would be the better question. At, uh, when they debuted, there were eight of them, but only one, like, it's weird. It says that, like, seven, that, that the concept was that seven of the members are full angels, while Yukung is a half angel, half mortal, as she is only a member when the group promotes as a band. So they called themselves a seven plus one group. But this poor Yukung person is not in the group anymore. Because who wants to be left out like that? And she doesn't – you can't even click – she doesn't have, like, a link on Wikipedia. So uh-huh. I can't even, like, find out 
what she did. Well, she was mortal. So yeah, I know, right? Um, that, that's uh, part of their. What, what is it like? Oh God, I can't remember which group it is. Where they're like the seasons, or they all have a spirit animal, or like you know, there's there's a supernatural right. kind of uh, like comic book backstory. That's what EXO has. They okay. all have powers from space and how, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, like Kiss. Yeah, exactly. Um, but okay, so the point that I was trying to make was. Is that like sometimes AOA was a band. So there's two different singles that were put out as the band version of AOA. One is called Elvis, which is subsequently the name of AOA's fan base. Because as we talked about in that episode, a lot of times fan club names like come from songs or whatever. So they're called the Elvis, the Elvises? Or Elvis. Just Elvis, plural. Singular. <laughs> Elvis, I guess. Um, um, in, um, in a sentence, like – I'm an Elvis. I'm Elvis. I'm Elvis. Because I think that's how people say it. Like with BTS, it's like army. And mm-hmm. sometimes people say like, I'm army, like not an army. You know or what I mean? One, one member of like. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Just say, is any of it real? I don't know. Um, okay. What was I trying to say? That. So they did a, they had an Elvis song. Um, and then we talked about in our subunits episode when they put out the single Moya which was a band single, they were shopped out as AOA Black, like to distinguish them from the rest of AOA. Mm. But the interesting thing about this is that it seems to me, you know, unconfirmed, but it seems to me like when Miniskirt and Like a Cat caught on in 2014, which are two of their like biggest singles ever, like I think I think FNC like realized like, okay, like forget, forget the band thing. Because, like, they were making so much money, like, being hot dancing girls that, like, what's the point, you know? (laughs) Like, I don't know. Um, But I do like Moya a lot. Um, But it does just, like, in the same cases, like, some of the other bands that we talked about, it sounds like an AOA song with, like, a little bit of a, like, kind of old-timey, like, doo-woppy yeah, like a – But like the a, girl with – they have a member and I can't remember her name, but one of their members has like a crazy voice and she like does the – it's like so high – Is can't it the drummer like, that does the rapping? No, it's the – one of the other guitarists with like the bangs that you were like, oh, her with the bangs. Right, because I could hear her guitar. Yes. Uh, I realize I haven't played a clip, so they need a clip. Everyone gets a clip. Hold on. <laughs> That's the voice. Yeah, just like the the four 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 chord progression piano. Blink 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 do 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 like you know it, it has like a classic do 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 like I don't want to throw it to Megan Trainer because I only know like but that's the only thing I can like think of yeah the vibe of like we're doing kind of the doo-wop or like you know the fifties pop right style but but what I was trying you heard it for a second in the clip I was trying to get to is like the member with like the crazy little voice like and she she like does her standard AOA rap but like in this band version of the whole thing um but yeah i don't know i just wanted to talk about that for a minute like i mean aoa still they've lost choa who was the lead singer of that song that i just played the like blonde with the bangs in the middle like she's no more 
I mean, she's with us. <laughs> she's, she's just not in the group anymore. She's not in the group anymore. Um, AOA never did more. Ba- like, they've, they've transitioned into just mm-hmm. being your standard girl group. Which um, I, I think suits them based on the uh, live videos we watched. It's, you know, because every time it's one person's turn to sing or be featured, they almost kind of stop playing their uh-huh. instrument and just like go to like the cute sexy mugging thing and it's like we'll just drop the instruments like yeah. don't even bother like you know it, mm-hmm. you're, you're clearly showcasing kind of your personality which is like a lot harder to do when you gotta like play an instrument yeah and since they're coming from pop where they had been doing that i i'm sure uh yeah business wise they're like you know what this is a lot more trouble than it's worth <laughs> like i think the pop is more marketable and the girls yeah it clearly was better, way more successful yeah so yeah um but that's all the bands that I had to talk about. So, like, fi- do you have any final thoughts? I know I wanted to, like, ask you late because, like, I I am currently in a band, but you've been in, like, way more bands than me. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a singer and I can sort of play campfire guitar. But, like, I'm not a musician and you are a musician, like, in every sense of the word. So, like, what do you think – of like, do you have any thoughts about all of this or like the idea of the standard K-pop factory training model, like being merged with a band model? Like, well, tons, if, if they're coming, that, that was a question I had for you that, uh, you know, if, if anybody has any Intel, please reach out and <laughs> let us know, um, what the training process is. Cause I know for non-instrument playing, uh, you know, like your standard K-pop groups, you might not necessarily need to have uh, talent already. It's like, oh, right. this person's got the look. They're young. Like, we're going to teach them how to sing. We're going to teach them how to dance, do the choreography, and work on these songs with them, train them for a while, and then they're ready to go. But I wondered with the uh, with the bands, if they're like, oh, this kid can play guitar, and, you know, he's young and looks good. Let's, like, gather up a couple of these and try to, you know, kind of do the same thing that they do with the K-pop groups, but with people who already have musical, like, you know, instrument. Yeah talent or if they just pick them up and be like you're gonna play guitar you're gonna play drums which is like a gamble to me right because i feel like unless you're completely tone deaf you can probably learn how to sing and given practice at a young age dancing i imagine Mm -hmm. like you can you can get on board with that and find your rhythm but like if you just like if you don't have the fingers for it or you got no sense of rhythm like you can't yeah just take a gamble on like you're gonna be the drummer and like hope that in eight years they've done it yeah that might be too long and 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 like you know you can grind an instrument Uh like if you treat it like a job for a year i think you can get pretty decent good good enough for the kind of displays we're seeing like Mm -hmm. for anything like nobody's doing like virtuoso classical shit like the shredding on the guitar like you get a little bit of that but it's nothing you know like oh i've been playing this instrument since i was a child every day you know for 10 years like you you wouldn't have to be at that musical level to kind of perform the more pop rock stuff yeah, we've been hearing. It was hard for me to find like a lot of really concrete evidence. So like again, if you stand any of these groups and you like know their origin stories, like let me know because I'm curious. But like from what I could find, it seemed like in the cases of drummers and a couple of the keyboarders or piano players or whatever, they had been playing since childhood. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the drummers were like, "Oh, I've always been playing drums." Because I, you picked up drums as a kid, right? Like it's kind of is that like a like an e- not easy, but like is that a good kid instrument to be like learn how to play the drums, or do you just naturally need to be like, like because I I would imagine if you're like a natural drummer that you've been driving your parents nuts 
all your life like banging on stuff and then they just like give you drums and they're like get better at this is that yeah, like how I, I think that's what it was with me i was like beatboxing and like you know shuffling like on a desk like you know doing mm-hmm. beats so you know some people definitely have a natural sense of rhythm some people don't like you right. know I'd, I'd see other drummers or people trying to learn drums and they just like couldn't quite left brain right brain right. coordination of what goes where so but yeah i don't know it just like based from what i could gather it seems like None of these kids were taught drums. Hmm. Like the drums was not v- – but it didn't – I didn't see a lot of evidence of like, oh, he'd been playing guitar since middle school. Like it really did seem like a lot of these people just had guitars handed to them and like you're hmm. going to learn how to play this. Yeah, and and all instruments are equal. Uh, I'm really partial <laughs> to the drums and I, I – like I said, if you grind one for a year and you're taking lessons and you're taking it really seriously, like you can get pretty good – at an instrument if mm-hmm. you're treating it like a job like like you said you play campfire guitar like you probably like you know practiced here and there learned a couple songs yeah like, i i learned chords so, from yeah. like chord charts and then like but i never i never had the discipline to ever like memorize anything or try anything fancy that's why i call it campfire guitar because it's like i need you to print me out the chords mm-hmm. and then i will evenly strum the chords but like you can play guitar like I know you like to be humble, but I'm telling y'all, like, he is really, really good. But, like, you also play, like, all the time. So I yeah. I, I just wonder if, like, because I've just seen it in our own house. Like, you, like, in the eight years that we've been together, I've seen you, like, improve your musicianship by just, like, you know, sitting on the couch and like dicking around. But if you were a 15 year old who'd been hired by a music company and your like entire job was to just get better at your guitar, like, do you see how that could be? No, in in the same way with the, with the groups, with the dancing and the singing, like they didn't know how to do that when they got hired on, they trained for it. And right. like, yeah, like I said, with an instrument, it's just a matter of practice. Like I think anyone can get good or pick it up unless you're just just have no sense of rhythm yeah. or like your fingers are giant and won't fit around the guitar or something. Uh-huh. But, but yeah, absolutely. The musicianship in a lot of these bands is, is solid. Like nobody is screwing up or phoning it in. Yeah. I was also wondering, I was worried that when I like sent you the, the playlist that you would, you know, immediately come back with like, none of them are playing anything. Like this is all <laughs> fake. Um, so I was like, glad that you didn't say that a lot. Cause I do know like, it happens more often than when we're watching like SNL or something where people are performing mm-hmm. and you're like, there are seven guitars on stage and the like one person like. Like that guy's actually playing it. The <laughs> others are like are turned down or off or something. It. Sure. Yeah. And in some of the earlier bands, you know, the, the track like is on top and, mm-hmm. you know, it's pop music. Like you can't like live drums, sadly, are very out of fashion in top 40s music. Like you're going to have electronic beats because you can get them like really compressed and mm-hmm. there's there's so much like the, you know. They're just like tighter because they're like yeah. made by a computer. So like they are. Yeah, that's just what pop music has been doing. There's a lot of options to manipulate those percussion sounds. Mm-hmm. So it naturally, like in a lot of pop music, you're going to have a drum track on top of the live drums or, or accompanying it. Mm-hmm. I forgot where I was going with this, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess in some of the groups you can hear like the pop song track playing over it and there's less less featuring of the actual instruments. Right. But, like the later we went with the groups, especially going up to the girls, like the songs are definitely more reliant on the band members and mm-hmm. what they are doing, which I, I think is a lovely sign. Like I'd love to see more 
K-pop bands like become popular and maybe not go through that traditional model like the last group yeah. we listened to where they're sort of inspired to do it on their own and have yeah. the instruments on their own. And it's not like, oh, we're training you to play this kind of song or like we've already written the stuff, like learn these songs, practice these songs. Like you get a little more, I don't know, like organic inspiration yeah. or like, you know, there's like passion from the musicians to the songs they're playing, which I think is kind of an across the board third generation thing. You're going to yeah. see a lot more bands that kind of grew up doing it themselves, yeah. like because they were inspired by the first and second generation. Yeah, I'd like to see. I mean, yeah, I'd like to see these like, you know, and Flying Day 6, The Rose, whatever. I'd like to see. I'd like to see where that goes because I think especially here in the West, just at least in like what gets radio play, it seems like just the concept of like rock music or like mm. a, a band at all has yeah. gone so terribly out of fashion that like mm-hmm. it would be cool for there to be like a, you know, a, a renaissance of that to like come back. Yeah, but but who knows too? Because a lot of times you have one really talented musician who it's like, oh well, that band just it's that guy. Like he'll he'll get as many people in his band as he needs, but like he's the visionary. And the notion of a band as we know it is kind of like, well, it's music written for a band to play, but uh-huh. it's not like these four dudes in the garage were like doing the grind and like you know, yeah, they just now are breaking big on. They had three independent albums, and now the studio picked them up to right. promote their single, like that kind of. That's yeah, this extremely is, rare nowadays. And yeah, and this is specifically that like K-pop model merged with the idea of like a band, but like mm-hmm. it's yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens in the future. Um and yeah, this was fun. Did you have fun? Yeah, no, this was great. Uh, okay. Thanks for having me. I I just want to like We're not hop- done. Okay. We're not done. I'll say bye later. I just uh <laughs> I just wanted to pop in and tell the listeners like uh you know, please forgive me for uh, <laughs> for not being uh, – you know, I, I'm not like into the K-pop fandom. Obviously, I experience so much of it through my wife and there is a ton of it that I enjoy. So, uh, you know, when, when you reached out to me and asked me like, what would you like to talk about? I'm like, I don't know, like bands, the people who play instruments, like that's something I know or could talk about. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to sound like I'm being dismissive of these acts because like obviously it takes so much talent to do what any of these people do Mm -hmm. and then it's ultimately just a matter of where it is in history and whether it's your style of music or what about it connects to you so Mm -hmm. I hope I haven't said anything to offend any fans of these acts I think you've been nice it's okay I'm I'm, I'm trying not to be as uh, snobby as I might be off mic about this stuff. Well, I think you did a good job. Thank you. All right. Well, stay tuned. We will be right back with the random game with Wade. All right. We are back. And this week for our random group, we got a group we've mentioned a ton of times, and that is After School. Um, After School Girl Group from Pledis Entertainment uh, debuted in 2009. Um, All told, they've had 11 members. In their history, there's currently only four um, because as we've brought up before, one of the concepts of after school was that the girls could graduate after school once they were like done with it. So like here, wait, as you see here on this chart. Nice graph of where the members overlap. (laughs) Yeah. So we started with the five, got a sixth, one dropped out, and yeah. Yeah, and it just like goes like that. Um, So currently, I'm seeing four members. Yeah, there's only four left. And at their busiest in, what, 2013, there were eight maybe? One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's been like a lot, a lot of lineup changes. Um, we talked about the subunit Orange Caramel is made up of after school members. That's interesting. I was just looking to see if any of the original members were still in it. And uh, and they are not. No. no. That was 10 years ago. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they've been around forever. Like, let's see. How long? How big is this discography? I feel like they must have put out like a ton of albums. They haven't won a lot of stuff. Like, they've always been around. And I feel like some of the member, like various members have gotten like really popular for like being cute on variety shows or like getting commercial deals for being hot or whatever. Um, let's see. Three studio albums, two compilation albums, bunch of singles. Hmm. Um, yeah, but they've just like always been around. So let's just get to it. Uh, their most popular video that we're going to watch is called flashback. It's from six years ago and has 18 million views. So if you're ready, Let's, yeah, do let's do it. Here is After School Flashback. Okay, we got eight. I can break them They're wearing like lingerie. Yeah, there's a dude tied up in a cage uh-huh. in some kind of basement or a warehouse. This is fun. It's like really intense right out the gate. Like the visuals. Yeah, they have these cool like bathing suits with big long leather fringe. And it like moves cool. And they're in some kind of a mansion set. Mm-hmm. Like maybe a haunted mansion. There's lots of flashing lights. Nana's blonde. She looks amazing. <laughs> Those shoes are intense. Yeah. Oh, the tied up guy looks distressed. <laughs> He is yeah, tied up. There is this black and white portion. I'm wondering if that's going to lead to uh, why this guy's in a cage. Oh, they're tortured. Oh, oh she's God. got a gun pointed at his head. <laughs> These chicks are hard. Oh, there's even like some guns in the choreography. Oh, they're in white now. Okay. Do you, do you think they're going to let the guy out? or? Oh, no. I no. think the guy's done for. Oh. But I don't know. <laughs> That's Nana. She's the only member I know, and she's one of the most beautiful people on Earth. <laughs> Oh, I always enjoy a good dub breakdown. (laughs) They're all just like crawling and like sexy dancing in shadow. Smoke machines, lots of backlighting. No, I mean, they're all gorgeous. They look like models and they look they look very uh, 
sultry and disinterested. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> The gun. Oh, no. <gasps> oh, wow. Dark. You couldn't do that over here. And now they stomp away. Whoa. Wow. After school flashback. Intense. I wonder what the lyrics are. That poor guy must have done them wrong. I mean, she said, but, but, but boy, I miss you. So... I mean, it sounds like it's a breakup song, but an angry one, perhaps. Yeah, they definitely uh, definitely shot the gun at the end, <laughs> at the boy or the audience. Like, I'm pulling up the lyrics real quick to see what we can find. Um, uh, m- musically, I'll speak. That's, yeah, that's, go ahead. That's solid. That's good pop. Had a, mm-hmm. had a great beat, uh, you know, strong synths and uh, good good showcase. It was, very, it was very 2012. Like, it mm. fits right. Like... I don't know. I feel like 2011 to 2013, like, there's a very specific K-pop sound that, like, I still to this day, like, I dig it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll even say when I was saying I like the dub breakdowns. It, like, reminds me of, uh, like, Everybody Shiny. Is that from the same yeah. time? Like, where... That's 2013. So, like, okay. the year after. Yeah, yeah, Um, So, like, it looks like the lyrics are, like, my heart is in danger. And the moment I saw you again, like, I get a flashback to that time. I'm tired. I'm going crazy. You don't know my heart. You hurt me. So... Yeah, hmm. just one of those like I feel like they killed like they killed him, quote unquote, and that you have to like get, you know, kill your darlings, like get rid of your exes. Like sure. they had to like, you know, say goodbye. But so this, in this a could violent, be a, sim- a symbolic way. murder in a, sure. in a warehouse that like I'm over you. Bang. Yeah. The end of that. Well, that was fun. Yeah. So, you know, from editing our show all this time, like now is the point where we give a recommendation to our audience. And I know you are like looking real hard for one. So do you have a recommendation for our listeners this oh, week? Sure. I've uh, been out of the listening to K-pop game for maybe a year. I used to Pandora pretty heavily to help you like discover new artists. But now but, uh, you're a Spotify premiumer. So. Yeah. So I have to pick exactly <laughs> what I want to listen to. So I was just going through uh, 2018 playlists. And a standout for me was uh, New by Luna. I guess that was the whichever mm-hmm. the most recent members uh, single is because you, you mentioned they were they're releasing yes, singles. Yes, I believe this is Eve. Y-V-E-S is how they spell it. Mm-hmm. But this is uh, Eve's track. And what's it called again? It's called New. New. Yeah. Okay. But it's just like, uh, yeah, really cool, like kind of synth pop has kind of a darkness to it, like pretty melody. She's got a good voice and it just kind of, yeah, satisfies my, the, the things that I enjoy about pop music, like good, Great. Beat, good instrumentation, nice voice and uh, yeah, check it out. Really I'm cool. going to take that recommendation because I have been, honestly, I've been avoiding Luna because it's, it's a lot taken a long time to gear up to that uh it's a lot and like uh one of our one of our pals at the k-pop cast peter lowe was saying one day that on twitter something about how like being into luna is like separate from being into k-pop like it's a whole other 
it's like a whole other thing because it's like mm-hmm. 18 members and like all of these songs and all of these subgroups and they still haven't even like come out as a full group yet and like wow so much this is the marvel model that yes. they're going with it's like we're not going to release a band we're going to tease all the individual players uh-huh. so you can like them and then when they form the avengers you're going to think of it like a super group even though that was the plan all along yeah but it, that's like a game changer in marketing i think is yeah. to to give piecemeal and then show the like the whole uh-huh. as like a thing to build up to. But uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting, I think. That's a great recommendation. Um, my recommendation this week is I'm going to go with uh, my ladies A-Pink are back and their new single is called I'm So Sick. Um, it's very interesting. It's like kind of 80s, kind of 90s, but also like new tropical house. It's like a lot of different things. Um, and it's very different from what A-Pink usually does. And y'all know I'm like a huge A-Pink stan, so I like what A-Pink usually does. But like their last two comebacks were like – you know, barely legal B-sides of some of their other biggest hits. Like, they just literally put the same song out again Mm -hmm. and, like, changed it just a little. And it was disappointing. But this time, they're back with something, like, actually new. And it's really, like, a lot of people at first were like, I'm not sure about this song. But, like, now everyone's like, I can't get enough of it. Can't stop listening to it. Um, But on the same note, like, Triple H... Mamamoo and Seventeen will all be back by the time this episode comes out. So, like, ugh, we're all – I'm just drowning in it, y'all. Like, it's a good – 2018 has been really, really good to us, and it's just continuing to be. So um, I guess all of those things are my recommendation. Um, and then one last thing that I wanted to say before we wrap up is a little bit of, like, a fun announcement. Um, so this episode is dropping on July 18th, which is my five-year K-pop anniversary. Um, five years since the day that I discovered K-pop. Um, and, and, you know, it's brought so much joy to my life in so many different ways, like leading up to this like podcast that I love and adore. Um, so I wanted to celebrate that and do a little bit of a giveaway. So um, what I would like you, the listener, to do is contact us at like any of our social medias, which I'm about to list. Like you can Make an Instagram post and tag us in it. Reply to something. Send an email. I don't care. Like, whatever way. They're all going to count. But I would like you to send me a short or long version of your own K-pop origin story. What was the first thing you saw? What was the first thing that hooked you? Like, tell me about your birth into K-pop. And then I'm going to choose some random winners. And I'm going to send you an album, a K-pop album of your choice. Um, I just want to spread love. So... Uh, the places you can do that, and if you just want to talk to us or whatever, at AMA K-pop Pod on Tumblr or no, at AMA K-pop Pod on Twitter and Instagram, AMA K-pop Pod dot Tumblr dot com, and AMA K-pop Pod at Gmail dot com. Like I said, any of those platforms, however you want to do it, just send it to us. I'm going to use our same random number generator that I use for the random game to pick our winners, um, and I might even have some surprises for some runner-ups or whatever. I just want to like, I just want to celebrate my K-pop my k-pop anniversary so that's what i want to do so hit hit us up with that i can't wait to read what y'all have to say um and yeah that's it i've got some i've got some hopefully fun and interesting things lined up for you guys like in the continued um gap of no angelica i do hope to have I, i i hope that you like what i do have for you um so i love you guys we'll see you next time thanks again for coming wade yeah thanks for having me i'll see you in the car all right Bye. Bye. Tongyun, you're our inspiration.